Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Bean. Man, we have got a lot to get into in this podcast. Sorry we were gone for a few weeks, but we are thrilled to be back. Uh, just a week away or thereabouts from the start of the Premier League season. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> it seems like that just ended. Just finished. We've had a summer of soccer, which mm-hmm. I always love summers of soccer. That's always great. Major League Soccer, of course, going on, but plenty of international soccer as well. Olympic stuff. We'll get into all of the Olympics stuff, or at least the part that involved the U.S. women's national team. We'll talk a little bit about that. We will talk about the Harry Kane situation. Crew have some problems defending right now, mm. and otherwise, U.S. won the Gold Cup or the World Cup if you're a newscaster in Sacramento. <laughs> hey, man. He was trying yeah. his hardest. He, you know, <laughs> he was trying not good, his best. You know what? Not good enough. That's what I have to say. Mm. Damn it. Not good enough. But we had all that planned out. We were going to do the show uh, a day earlier than we recorded it. Yeah, soccer podcasting day, Thursdays. Yep, we didn't get to do it on Thursday, so we're going to do it Friday. And then, good thing, because uh, Thursday, right after we would have recorded this podcast, that's when we found out Lionel Messi is leaving Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to start there. Beamer kind of set this up for everybody. From what I, my high-level understanding of it, meaning like 10,000 feet in the air view, is that Everybody wanted to do this deal, Barcelona, Messi, but then the amount of money it was going to take to keep Lionel Messi there, Barcelona was told by La Liga, um, you can't have that much debt, Barcelona. You don't you don't get to have a Ferrari. You can't afford a Pinto. So is that is that where we are right now? Yeah, it does. That's exactly what it sounds like yesterday. They released the statement, which kind of set the sports world on fire again. We know he's been a free agent. Uh, we thought he was going to test the water. I mean, at the end of the season, it was like, oh, he's going to go to Manchester City. He's going to be playing in the Premier League. Like, this is going to be amazing. Uh, and then they renegotiated the contract. But I guess the biggest problem for Barcelona in this whole thing is they can't afford it. I've never seen anything like this in the world of sports. They've been unable to register Messi's new contract with La Liga while complying with the league's financial fair play rules. Uh, And they said in a statement, despite having reached an agreement with Messi, with both parties clearly wanting to sign a new contract, it cannot be finalized due to financial and structural problems with the club. And so we know we have talked about this a little bit, Bone, where we know they're in a world of hurt financially and we understand that. But you never thought you would see the day where it was actually going to impact them on the field. I don't know. Maybe that's just stupid thinking of me uh, for thinking that wasn't going to be a thing. And then all this is coming out. They're like director of operations and their president had a big press conference today. And they actually revealed last year during 2020, Barcelona was expecting losses of 487 million euros good lord so the league basically steps in and said you will go belly up if you do this deal with Messi. we cannot have that happen it's it's shocking yeah it really is now 
Here's the thing I don't understand, and far be it from me to uh, question the integrity of a statement put out by a European or otherwise mm-hmm. soccer team, <laughs> because perhaps maybe they are trying to cover their tracks a little bit. But at least as far as I've ever known it, you have salary cap experts in the U.S. Yeah. in salary cap leagues. You have people who look over your books, no matter what business you have, but I presume uh, – FC Barcelona has a few accountants I would, on the yeah. on the payroll. I would I would assume that I, maybe I would one, assume, maybe two. I would assume they have some pretty good ones too, because they are one of the biggest brands in the sports world. It seems ridiculous to me that they would go, yes, we agreed to terms with Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi told us what it's going to take to keep him here. We're willing to pay that. We're all good. And then a month or two later, they're like, oh, no, we forgot. La Liga has rules. (laughs) That doesn't seem plausible to me. So let me propose this, and I don't think this is crazy thinking. Could it be that this is just Barcelona and Messi's way of letting everyone down gently and not getting, like, the the headquarters of Barcelona firebombed. No, I think it's I think it's still on the table that that might happen. I mean, the scenes well, this, the scenes yeah. this morning from uh, Barcelona were pretty incredible. Like they were like throwing things at Antoine Griezmann as he rolled in there for practice. Club presidents making a statement. There are people like trying to just basically break down the doors of the club. Uh, so I don't think it's the the farthest craziest thing from being possible. But you're talking about like you mentioned one of the biggest brands in the entire sporting world. Basically, the fear, at least how I'm reading into this bone, the fear from La Liga is that they would basically go belly up and that would be horrible for the league. And so the league steps in and just prevents this thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, if, well, if, right, if, if, Barcelona go, if Barcelona goes solvent, what is La Liga going to do? Well, right. I mean, you can't have that. I totally agree with that. But what I'm saying is, like, when all this came out a month ago or whenever it was that it was like Messi is signed. Yep. He's going to Barcelona. We did an episode where we talked about like, oh man, do we do we wish we could have seen him in the Premier League mm-hmm. or is it better? You know, whatever. Like all that happened. How is Barcelona like? Yes, we know that we're four hundred plus million euros in losses last year. We know our debt situation. Lionel Messi wants X number of hundreds of millions to stay at Barcelona. We can make that work. Like, how did an accountant not go? Um, excuse me. Hi, I do the accounting. This doesn't math like this. None of this maths the way it math is supposed to math. Math like, is yes or no, right or right. wrong. Like there that's no what, in between in math. I get that you and I wouldn't know that. I get that most soccer reporters probably wouldn't know that. But it almost feels like an accountant probably said to them, like, we can't do this financially. And they go, pin, pin all the blame on La Liga. Let's just let's just keep it under wraps. Mm-hmm. Let's tell everybody we're signing him. And then when we can't, we can go, ah, La Liga, they're not letting us have any fun. Their fault, you know, (laughs) because here's the reality, too. And I'm not saying he should, and I'm not saying it makes him a bad guy at all. Messi could stay in Barcelona for whatever he wants. Pay him a dollar. He's got more money than God. He He can stay in Barcelona if he wants to. He obviously is, rightfully so, and everybody, you know, his agents, everybody else, well, his agents, what, his dad? I mean, everyone attached to him is saying, this is how much you're worth. This is what your services are worth. Don't take anything less than that. And he's right to do that. It's mm-hmm. that's how that's you you shouldn't cut your employer any slack on that's that. That's how a career works, yeah. Yes, absolutely. But this notion that it's like it's all Barcelona's fault, it's like, well, it's Barcelona's fault for spending themselves into this debt ridden position. And yes, you shouldn't be able to afford a player like Lionel Messi, 
But I don't want to hear from a lot of people like, he really wanted to be here. There's nothing we can do. It's like, well, he wanted to be here for the right price. He wanted to be here for what he's worth, and I don't blame him for that. But what he wants is to be paid what he's worth. That's the number one thing Lionel Messi wants, and I don't blame him at all. So go get paid. But this notion that somehow Barcelona is totally at fault, where, where Barcelona seems totally at fault to me is screwing up their finances beyond recognition well yeah and then you're losing one of the biggest icons to ever play the sport that's the ramifications of your well actions. right yes that is you're exactly right it's like how did how did you know my kids didn't get braces and it's like well maybe that's because you're out gambling every night you know like maybe that's maybe you need to look at yourself but the obviously over that's on the their pro fault. football hall of fame game that's gonna <laughs> hit and that's gonna come to roost and then we'll be able to for afford some uh, braces for bridget you know that's right It'll be amazing yeah. that's exactly right so i i don't know man i just I, I'm saying that I think part of what Barcelona is doing here is they try to tell their fans, they try to sell their fans a bill of goods. There's no, there's yeah, but, no but way at that this, at this point with what the club has done and how risky they have been with their financial involvement with all of this, Barcelona fans are smarter than that. Why should they believe anything that Joseph well, Bartomeu right. is saying? Why, saying? why should they do that? They should have come out. Barcelona should have come out a month ago and said, we want to sign Messi. He wants to sign here. We can't afford it. Yeah, we can't. Sorry, do it. but instead they did this. They pushed it all the way to the end of the you know preseason, basically, and then come out and go. We can't get La Liga to approve this deal, and mm -hmm. it's like you can't you can't walk into a Ferrari dealership with eighty million dollars in debt and go. Yes, I'd like to buy a Ferrari. They're like, you don't have you you can't make your minimum payments on what you have now, dude. <laughs> like they're not going to take that deal. I have a so, five thousand dollar line of credit and I am ready to go. Right, and then you walk out. They're like, oh, I guess this Ferrari dealership, man, they're really hampering my lifestyle. It's like, no, you <laughs> hampered your lifestyle. They're just like being responsible. That's La Liga. So yeah, Barcelona is getting a lot of crap for this, as they should. I'm just, I just don't know why they couldn't be adults in the first place and say we because would love to stupid. keep Messi. We, we can't afford him yes you're right they're stupid it boggles my mind and i still have not learned in my 39 years walking this planet i have still not learned that some of the biggest and most <laughs> incredible structures of our society you know like barcelona soccer you think that's one of the biggest clubs in the world they are run by blithering idiots they are they, they have to be to be in this situation. You cannot get to this point without having stupid people. I don't care what their resumes say. I don't care where they went to school. You are stupid if you run Barcelona into a non-profitability standpoint to the to the level that you can't yeah, afford not only non, your club legend. Not only non-profitability standpoint, operating at a loss of almost 500 million euros, which is almost $600 million last year, which is what you just gave Lionel Messi over the past four years of his contract. Right. yeah. Yeah, and no one's saying you shouldn't pay that guy that money, pay him whatever he's I was just but looking up to the so Jack Grealish heads the Manchester City on a hundred million pound deal, makes him the most expensive British player of all time. And I was looking up on the the most expensive transfers of all time. Three out of the top five involve Barcelona within like the last three years. Good God. Philippe Coutini over there on like a hundred and some million dollar deal. You bring in Antoine Griezmann, you bring in Usman Dembele as well. I mean, the, the way that they have run their business has been, it's been, it's, it's been actually criminal. It has been. We yeah, talked about their criminal it investigation. It literally is criminal what they're doing. It's, it's negligent. And, and yeah, I think that goes back to, it, it's, it's just so bizarre. Cause it's like, they're telling themselves, no, we're doing right by the fans for spending all this money. It's like, but the fans want the team to exist. Yeah. You don't spend yourselves to a point where it's like we have to close the doors now like that.
That does. We were that's just talking not, about that. Who was it? Was it with Inter? Remember Inter Milan? I mean, there's just oh, yeah, right. what happened with them and their owners, and they had to sell, and they finally like salvaged that out of bankruptcy, and Ugh. now they're solving it. Like, I don't know, man. I, I like listen. I talk on the radio about sports every day. I'm a very stupid person. All right, you're much smarter than I am, Bone. But I'm maybe, not, I don't know maybe, about that. maybe you can explain this to me. How this is actually happening. I understand operating at an income loss, right? That way your budget is bigger for next year. And many, many companies around the world do that. I mean, non-profitable organization. But at the same time, it really blows my mind how you can just bamboozle your fan base that big and say we have an agreement in place with Lionel Messi, one of the best players to ever dribble a ball at his feet, guy who scored over 670 goals for the club in 700 and some odd games. He's a 10-time La Liga champion. He has six Ballou doors. He's won the UEFA Champions League four times with Barcelona. And then all of a sudden, you're going to pin this on the league? It's cowardly. Cowardly. Yeah, it is. I was just... um I don't even remember what Barcelona's stadium holds, but a lot. I just, okay, I just went and did the math because you know part of this too is like, well, we didn't have any games last year, didn't have any home games that really hampered our business. I just put in that they have, let's just say it's a sixty thousand seat stadium, it's a hundred thousand, ninety nine thousand in there. Is it ninety nine thousand? All right, well then that does change the math a bit. Yeah, just um, by forty percent. All right, well then here, let's do that real quick. Uh, <laughs> I can actually hear the calculator going. Uh, yeah, it's exactly on your microphone. What I'm doing. It's amazing. It's exactly what I'm doing. Um, I'm going to say the average ticket price is $60 mm-hmm. and then I'm going to multiply that times 30. Yeah. So if you do 99,000 seat or 90,000 seats times $60 a ticket on average times 30 games, you get $162 million. That's not $400 million. You yeah. cannot tell me that last year only happened because you didn't have attendance. You cannot tell me that only happened because, oh, well, if we'd had all those people in the stands, it's like bullcrap. Well, like, your players took pay cuts, too. That was a big yeah. thing with Barcelona last year as well. Yeah. I mean, it. No, there were a lot of teams that didn't have fans in the stands. There were a lot of teams that did a lot of things. You can't pin this all on the pandemic, and you can't pin this all on just uncontrollable circumstances. This is you not – you're spending recklessly. And so it's heartbreaking, I'm sure, for Barcelona fans. They, sh- they have every right to be mad. Um, but the reality is Lionel Messi's going to go play somewhere else. So And that being in Paris. Yeah, he's probably going to go to PSG. You said Neymar has already given up the 10 shirt and said you can have it if you want it, yeah. which that's pretty amazing. Neymar is one of the best players in the world, and he's – like, when I heard that, it did not come to me as like, oh, wow, that's a big gesture. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what you should do. <laughs> like, there's well, no doubt. That's how big Messi yeah, is. Especially, too, I mean, in a club with PSG that has a track record of falling short of their ultimate expectations and winning Champions League titles. Yeah, that's right. Well, in – now we'll see what Messi can do there if that's where he ends up going. Um, are you uh, disheartened that he is not joining up with the Premier League, though? Would you have wanted to see him in the Premier League? Uh, you know, we go back to this argument. I've always wondered in an alternate universe what it would look like if Lionel Messi uh, did play in the Premier League. We know it's uh, one of the most physical leagues in the world. I think them in the Bundesliga kind of take top notch on that. Uh, and just the way that Lionel Messi plays. I mean, who am I to say that he's not the greatest player in the world? You know, I mean, let, let the guy's you know stats and career talk for himself. Uh, I do think it's a different style of game, though. I think it would have taken him some time to get acclimated. He's 34 years old. Uh, and so, you know, I guess in a different world, Bone, I would like to see that because, you know, really, uh, how many PSG games are you watching in Leje? Uh, you know, I mean, are you are you turning that on to watch Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe and Neymar on a week in week out basis? Because I'm not, I'm not. I'm, I'll wait till the Champions League when they get in there, and I'll do that. But I think it would have been much more. And I guess, you know, there still is a possibility for him to go to Manchester City, but. 
again, I kind of don't see that happening. Um, but I think it would have been much more intriguing, at least for the general U.S. public, to watch Lionel Messi over there in England other than him going to PSG. I don't think that that really, you know, moves the needle at all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either, but it's going to be fascinating to keep an eye on where this all settles out. This is just a major bombshell thrown into the you know, and not the end of the transfer window cuz that obviously ends much later, but you know, we're getting yeah, to we're the point the now where of it. Yeah. We're 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 almost back to regular season soccer in all the big European leagues and we don't know where Lionel Messi is playing. I did not expect this a few days ago, no. and yet here we are. Yeah, it's crazy. Another are. another like little wrinkle in this, too. So I'm sure ESPN was thrilled uh, when they announced that Lionel Messi was going to be getting a new contract because, remember, they just inked the rights to La Liga. So if you are a La Liga fan, a Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico, whoever over there, uh, you're going to be able to watch games on ESPN this year. How much damage does that do to their business? Like now, oh, yeah. now, now you don't even have Messi. You know, yeah. Real Madrid, sure, whatever. You know, I know that they just made it to the Champions League semifinals. I don't think they're drawing as much without Cristiano Ronaldo. It was a $1.4 billion deal that they did. How much does that crush their business? Yeah, yeah. It's Well, it's it's a very big deal. In fact, I saw a report that said ESPN has contacted Real Madrid and Barcelona about leaving and joining up with uh, the Premier League. Oh. They're, they're trying to break it up. Mm-hmm. They're trying to break up. Greg Sankey <laughs> was the middleman in that deal. <laughs> Sorry, that's me. That's my stupid college football joke for the day. <laughs> I'll leave you at that. Which I'll tell you this: the the similarities between college football and European soccer, professional soccer, um, it it is this: you you have some of the weirdest stuff happen in those two sports. Things that are just outlandish in any other context. It's great right? theater. It is great theater, and and along those same lines. The Harry Kane situation mm-hmm. is another one of those great theater things. Unless you're like a fan of one of the teams involved, then it's not so great. But let's catch people up on that situation because Harry Kane is ready to go. He's ready to leave Tottenham. <laughs> well, no surprise. The best part about this entire thing, we knew heading into this summer that he was going to likely leave Tottenham. Right? He I had mean, like the goodbye match and everything. It was course. all pretty much done. Yeah, It was all done. And then like, all right, we get through Euros. He's a star. They come up short, whatever. He finally breaks his, you know, international goal scoring drought for England, in a major championship. He gets through that. And then Tottenham, the brass over there, expect him to show up to training. And everybody was going crazy on Twitter, be like, oh, my God, Harry Kane didn't show up to training. Dummies, what did you think was going to happen? You already said goodbye to this dude. Yeah, he's waiting to find out where he's supposed to go. So here's where we sit. I mean, obviously, Manchester City's interest is is the, that's the place everyone thinks he'll go. But they just signed Jack Grealish. Yep. I mean, not that they can't also afford to have Harry Kane, but clearly it seems like they've they've decided that was the interest they had. And then... You can't get Harry Kane. Well, you bring in Jack Grealish, and you're already one of the best teams in the world, so I think that'll that'll work out okay. But I just saw this today. Pep Guardiola has confirmed their interest in Harry Kane, mm-hmm. but says, hey, look, if, if you need someone to actually be willing to sell the player, he said, quote, he's a player for Tottenham Hotspur. If Tottenham don't want to negotiate, it's finished. Mm. If they're open to negotiate, it's not only Man City, but many clubs in the world would want to try to sign him. We are not an exception, but it depends on Tottenham. Um, so that's where we sit right now and when i say it's weird harry kane traveled to the u.s and has been spending his time in florida (laughs) and part of the reason he apparently did that is because when you go back to england from 
the U.S. Like if he just took a vacation in England, you know, tomorrow if he was like, oh, I, I want to go back. I want to like, go to well, the cool. cliffs of Dover. Perfect, yeah, Terry, you, do you, that. You come back and you're you're ready to go. You can play right away. When you go to the U.S., we're one of the countries that they make you quarantine and stay away from the team for like a minimum of five days, even if you're vaccinated. So, so the thought is like, he's going basically to say, well, when I come back, you know, I won't be coming back instantly anyway. So this is seen as some kind of a negotiating tactic again, to try to get Tottenham to decide to sell. I don't know what Tottenham thinks they are at this point. No. But here, here, here's, here's where I get ticked off with Tottenham either. Like it's, it's crap or get off the pot time, mm -hmm. right? Like either you're a championship level team not championship in England. I mean, either you're a team that's going to go try to win a Premier League title or you're just this team that's going to be happy if you can get your occasional Champions League appearance. But you can't really consider yourself either of those things if you're not willing to surround Harry Kane with more talent than what he has. And I'm not saying they're not talented, but I'm saying you know what the stakes are here. You can't compete with Manchester City. You're not there. So either... Go get more talent and be buyers and show Harry Kane this is where you should be. But if you're not willing to do that, then you have to you have to part ways. And good news, you get a lot of money for him. You're not going to get 160 million for him. I don't think I know I know it makes sense to ask Manchester City for the moon, but I don't think they're going to get that. So this this seems like this is pretty much done unless something changes. I think they're having a bit of an identity crisis. No, well, like, I think you're right. Like what you mentioned, I, I maybe you know ownership bonus. The reason I guess the majority of these you know owners get into sports one you know is to make a buttload of money uh, with the with the everything that has come kind of in the sports world and how big it's blown up and how these international stages and contracts like you get in for the money but two you get into it to be com you know competitive and try to win and so you know I don't know necessarily what's going on uh, kind of behind the scenes at Tottenham but you do you got to sit down and understand like listen man this is a player he doesn't want to be here anymore can we build something off of the money that we get from possibly Manchester City or another one of these clubs the answer to that I still think is yes build your squad with young talent bone and then create something that's not not artificial and so a lot of these clubs around the world too like you just you're poaching players and you're doing this and you're trying to buy championships and that's fine that's the way that we've gotten in worldwide soccer and I totally understand that uh, but what is happening at Tottenham is a little bit different because you know, here's a player again, once out, has said to you, basically, I'm not going to show up and do anything. Uh, and so I want to be forced out. And he wasn't even forced out. Again, we kind of come to this understanding at the end of last season that it was going to be Harry Kane's last. And all of a sudden, you've had a U-turn. Well, nothing has changed from the player's perspective. But somehow, some way, something has changed from the management and the ownership's perspective. And I don't really understand the game plan. The longer you drag this out the more gnarly I guess it could become. Maybe it's a maybe it's a long-term play by Tottenham to be able just to extend this uh, a little bit longer and try to prolong Manchester City's cha chase for the for a league title again. I don't know. You know, you don't have Harry Kane the first month of the season. Okay, that sounds great. Now we're going to go. Maybe that's yeah, it. I have no maybe, idea. Maybe they're negotiating that way too just to try to help. I don't know. But Manchester City, with all the firepower they have, what's the worst they're going to be? Is like, oh, hey, we're uh, – we're the first team out of Champions League. And then what does that mean? Like Tottenham, if they're in Champions League, it's like, great. So Manchester City will just come back and kick our ass and get us out of that spot. Like, it, you're not going to prolong it too much. You're you're right. But it's, it's a weird situation. We'll keep an eye on that, of course, as we go forward. We'll take a break when we come back. The U.S. women, they did not live up to expectations in the Olympics. Uh, what do they need to do to go forward? Also, the USA men win in the Gold Cup. We'll discuss all that Coming up next, along with some problems with the crew, you're listening to Bone and Beam United.
Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. So the crew have some problems right mm. now. Unfortunately, they lose to DC United four to two. Uh, that is on the heels of a couple other pretty bad losses, and suddenly we're looking at a defense that can't stop anything. Beamer, I, I'll tell you this: my my initial diagnosis, and I I really hate to single out one person because it's not on one person; it's a team effort, right? But I was a big fan of Abubakar Keda. He's a young defender. I think he still can be a good player for the crew. If he can get over that mental lapse that he had. Well, down the yeah, yeah I'm saying like down the road. Down the road he can be a good player. Right yeah. now he is he is putting together some absolutely terrible games unfortunately. And I'll 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 add to that with this. Josh Williams is a really good defender. I think we're seeing just how important he was to this team last year. We knew that but his absence is glaring because you are seeing there's really not anyone who's stepped up since then. And Vito Vermhor, even when he was healthy, was not a great replacement for Josh Williams. Bubakar Keda still needs more time. I hope eventually they can loan him out and get him some more minutes somewhere else because he definitely needs it. But it's not just him. Having Artur not be out either, I think mm -hmm. Artur is another great, important piece of this crew defense playing that second defensive midfield role. He can let Nagby kind of roam free and do his thing. Now Nagby has to do more defending, has to be a little bit more structured, and has to be a little bit more stay at home, and that's caused the crew to have issues. So it's just right now those two pieces of the defense, those two pieces, they they don't really have a good secondary defensive midfielder, and they really don't have a good second center back. And out, you know, with the injuries we're having, that's just not a good formula right now. So no, you're starting to see, you know, a bone, you know, one spoke in a wheel breaks. Okay. That's no big deal. Two spokes break. Sure. You're going to have trouble going straight, but uh, I think this is just a, a collective effort from the entire group. Like you're starting to see these injuries come, you know, full, full circle basically with this team. And, you know, we wondered with the depth, I mean, coming into the season, we knew that the crew's depth was probably the best in MLS. Now that's certainly been tested uh, of course here throughout the first half of the season, uh, or so but I think you're starting to see a bit of wear and tear with this team there's no doubt and what you mentioned I think that you know with Darlington Nagby having to sit back as, as far as he has and help defend I mean listen Darlington Nagby is probably one of the most in-shape dudes in all of Ohio right I mean he doesn't ever look like he's out of breath and so now you're asking him to track back and there's not much as creative play that's being played in the midfield. I think it's all, you know, it, it all goes back to this and the injuries that the crew has sustained. Uh, and it really does suck that right now you can't can't find a rhythm. I mean, let's not bury the lead here. They have gotten just destroyed, destroyed in their last two games. I thought last week in New York was just horrible. And then the midweek fixture again against a, you know, kind of crappy D.C. United team. The lack of effort for me was was the biggest thing with this team, yeah. though, Bone, on, in the yeah. midweek game. Uh, I know Caleb Porter said after the match, like, yeah, the, you know, the early goal for them took the crowd out. Like, don't pander, uh, man, to the city of Columbus. Like, it's not their fault. It's not the, the crew fans' fault uh, that there was that kind of a performance on back-to-back -back nights. No, you can't have that. And, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't – I'm not someone who says this can't be fixed. I'm not someone yeah. who says this means they're not going to make the playoffs. Like – we have to keep in mind there are 17 more games left there in week 18 of the season. So as long as it seems like, oh, my gosh, screw and playing all these games, they still have half the season left. It's a long now it's a, comp a compact schedule and they've got to get better quick. But because you can't let two or three more weeks go by like this because you then, yes, you will be losing touch with the playoff teams at that point, And then it'll be a bigger struggle. But. Yeah, I, I still think the crew can get it done if they can get some health and they can get some players who can actually... So they need someone who can play 
central defense. They need someone who can play defensive midfield. Perhaps there's another addition that needs to be made. I don't know. Um, kind of sucks that Sebastian Berhalter is on loan to Austin FC because <laughs> love to see what he could do in that second defensive midfield Man, role. Man, I remember now I'm getting my memory jogged of an episode we did talking about that loan and I'm kind of eating my words right now. Well, I don't know, remember what exactly episode it was, Bone. Well, I, think, I don't know if it was MLS season preview or whenever that just happened. Uh, but now I would. You're right. I'd love to well, have the we kid back. We talked about. You know what it was though. That was the storyline going in this whole season was the depth that this yeah. team would have. And Sebastian Berhalter's not going to play above Aiden Morris. Well, he's out with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Not going to play over our tour. Well, he's out with a hip injury mm-hmm. and maybe out for, you know, till the, I think he just had surgery going to be out to at least the playoffs. They said so, 10 to 12 weeks or eight to 12 yeah. weeks, I do believe from right. this, so from Monday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're at the start of the season. We didn't know any of those things. So we didn't know that there would be suddenly some open spots in the defensive midfield. Love to see what Seb could have done if he's here, but he's not. So you have to deal with it. You have to go. I just, uh, un- it's unfortunate. No one could have known that was going to happen that way. But yeah, it's, uh, it's just, you put all that together and that's a big issue. You put together all the injuries at center back. That's a big issue. And unfortunately the development for Abubakar Kate is not where it needs to be right now. I don't mean to hammer him, but yeah, it, it, it's, the, it's not good, but you know, Jonathan Mensah gave up a, you know, dumb penalty too. I mean, it, it would bad, Jonathan Mensah took it on the chest too. I mean, he didn't mince words after. No, the game. of course it was it was a bad game all around. Mm-hmm. He was it was it was not only his fault either. I mean, everybody had a bad game, but yeah, you cannot be letting in two three goals before you score one. You you can't let in two or three goals every night. That's just the reality. But you definitely can't do it in the first half of these games, which is what we've been seeing. The crew get down a couple goals, and then suddenly they play like their hair's on fire, and they find a couple goals and get back in it. It's just sometimes when you've already down three. Crew came back, got those two goals, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Yep. And then, of course, DC United's like, oh, that's right. We got three in this game, and we can do it again. We just need to stay on it. And sure enough, man, they found another goal because <laughs> guys giving space around <laughs> was, the 18. I was and, so I, disheartened, uh, too. I'm like, right, yeah, I'm watching the game, super pumped, 3-2. Okay, this is going to be amazing. If you could pull a point out of this after being three down, you know, miraculous again. And Neil was talking about it on the broadcast. Yeah. And everything. And then just a punch in the head. I was so <sighs> I was so upset. Yeah, it was awful. I and turned des- it off like, right after they scored yeah, the fourth. Yeah. Done. Done. Deserved, deserved by DC United, by the way. They played better. Yeah, they were they the did. better team. They're, they're playing great right now. So it's too bad the crew have to figure this out. And they've got time to do it, but got to figure it out quick. Um, we'll switch gears, talk about the U.S. women. They won the bronze medal in the Olympics, defeating Australia 4-3. to three. Uh, This is after they got bounced from the gold medal competition from, by Canada. Mm. So let's talk about this team real quick. Carly Lloyd is 39 years old. Megan Rapino and Becky Sauerbrunn are both 36. I think that's one of the, the flaws that you're going to see going forward is you've got to work on who's going to be that next generation and they've the, the next generation needs to get better. Um, but they also need more time to do that. Sweden exposed some weaknesses of this team, the opening game where they Ooh. got smoked. I mean, it's, 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 it's time for kind of a changing of the guard with the U S women. And I think that's, that's bound to happen, but <laughs> they've done Listen, they've done great things over their course in time. You know, the old guard with this team, uh, some of the players that you just mentioned, but Hey man, everything's got a life expectancy date and you're right. This is the time. I mean, you go into any 
international competition with this team bone and you are always going to be you know one of if not the overwhelming favorite and anything short of gold was going to be a failure for them and they came up against a Canada team they played sop- sloppy and something that has marred them basically the entire competition and he gave away a late penalty what do you want to do their offense looked for the most part pretty trash I mean, yeah. I know their, their bronze medal game, uh, that was fine. It was a good performance. It was a fun game. Uh, you know, four to three, they get the win. And that one, they were finally able to find some offense. But I was wondering if the pressure just got to them. You know, I, they didn't look like they were playing the brand of soccer that they had established uh, along this road to becoming one of the most dominant teams of, of basically all time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, of course, not like none of us are ripping them. No. It's the fact that we're at a point now where the standard is so high that getting a bronze medal just still doesn't feel like it's, it's (laughs) where it needs to be. But obviously, uh, yeah, it's, it's still a pretty impressive feat, uh, all the run they've had. And and we wish Carly Lloyd and Mega Rapino, Becky Sauerbrunn. I mean, these are legends. They've been legends. Uh, but I don't know if another world cup run is in them. And I I certainly don't think another Olympic run. Yeah. I think it's time for the next generation. And I think that'll be okay. That'll be good. I'm fascinated to see, you know, kind of as we evolve as a nation uh, with a soccer-bearing country, you know, what this next generation is going to do. I mean, you look at those those women out there, you know, Abby Wambach and Alex Morgan and everybody that you talked about right there, Megan Rapino, Carly Lloyd, like they've inspired a generation, right? And so, you know, what's this next generation? How are they going to live up to the standard that the generation set before them and even the generation set before them? And so, you know, as we continue to go down this road and we are getting into a changing of the guard and, you know, perhaps a little bit of a culture change with the U.S. women's national team, uh, I'm excited to see. And then especially on the men's side, man, I mean, I know that we're excited about, you know, what this future is going to be and we're going to talk about the Gold Cup here in a minute. Um, But I am excited to see kind of this new generation of American soccer. And again, tip of the hat to this one. Congrats on the bronze. I I know that again, it's not what you expected going into the tournament, but it's nothing to really jeer at. I know those players in that, that locker room won't feel that way, but still man, earn an Olympic Olympic medal. I think that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. I agree with you. I think you're exactly right. Um, Let's talk gold cup. Good for the U S men's national team. Um, This is obviously, you know, the gold cup competition, not the same as what we just saw uh, earlier with the was that the confed cup i'm trying to remember the other one we had earlier in the year where usa beat mexico that was more of an a team versus a team like type the of nation's situation. league or something nation like league. that yeah. concacaf nations league thank you yes that's exactly right look at me um, concacaf expert <laughs> brandon beam Who our, our resident <laughs> this is the guy you go to for all news mm. in concacaf mm-hmm. um here's here's the great thing the u.s sent their i don't know B C team mm-hmm. to play gold cup. I mean, no offense to anybody on that team, but that is clearly not, you know, the, the European based squad that you're going to see in the world cup qualifiers, most likely. And Mexico did send like a, a minus team, you know, a lot of starters that were in that nation's cup were in this one and the U S beat them. I mean, that that's to me, the big takeaway here is U S soccer is, is creating depth. They are creating a lot of guys who know how to get the job done and playing against Mexico. I'm not saying Mexico is the only barometer you need to have, but it's certainly one of the ones you got to pass around here. Well, it's the biggest one. Yeah, it's the biggest one that you have around here. No doubt. Right. So I think that was a a great moment to see. And and I, I do believe that means good things for the U S going forward. I don't know if it means, you know, giant run in the world cup. It's coming home. It's coming home. Oh, it's coming home. It's going to England. Yeah. Soccer's coming home. Oh, oh, soccer's coming. Oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is home. 
Okay. Good to know. <laughs> it's home to soccer. I'm, I'm glad to know. It's home. Well, it's home to us. Yeah, right. it's coming to our home. That's right. Exactly right. Uh, the, the biggest takeaway I had from the Gold Cup, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we did our last podcast, we're talking about, you know, how much does it really matter? Uh, and I think anytime you get into one of these international competitions, you ultimately, obviously, want to do the best that you possibly can. I think let alone from, you know, Greg Berhalter winning a couple of titles this summer and having a pretty decent run here uh, as men's national team head coach, uh, is that you're playing games that matter. Now they might not matter to, you know, the, the general fan and everybody who just checks in kind of during the world cup cycles and the world cup bone, but you're playing in games that actually matter and you're finding a way to win. And I think that's incredibly important moving forward. We talked about, you know, the, the failure to qualify for the Olympics for the U 23 squad. And how big was that? And just getting yourself into a position where you know what you need to do now actually go out there and do it. And the more and more success that you have, the more wins that you have with these young guys on the roster and understanding what it means internationally to go out there and play in a meaningful match and actually win. I think that's huge moving forward uh, not only for this team in the CONCACAF region, but when you get unveiled to the World Cup, last time you missed out on the entire World Cup, I think it's it's huge for the morale part of this team and understanding what we need to actually do to go out there and get a result when we need to do it. Yeah, it's, it is hopefully something we can see going forward where this team develops that steel and that grit that you need in these big tournaments to to make that happen, not just in the... World Cup or the Gold Cup, but also you're right in Olympic qualifying and anytime you put on a USA jersey, I want to see that with the U17s. I want to see that at every level. So I think we can get there. It's just going to take a while, but good to see some of the growth that's happening there. Beamer, anything else for you before uh, we get back into the Premier League next week? I think I'm uh, going to the Death Star, Bone, uh, for the game against Atlanta. Begin the building. Very excited about that. May even check out the Nordeca as well. Might have to uh, get your book of chance out, and hopefully I'll have a voice on Monday. So hopefully they can get that. I don't know if Atlanta's going to fly up Kanye to be in attendance at the Death Star, <laughs> but uh, I certainly hope so. Yeah. The, are you talking about Donda FC? Yeah, Is that's, that you're talking about? <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> that's an amazing poll. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to watch them. Hopefully they play just as well as they did in Atlanta and lose to the crew. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. I don't know. <laughs> that was the uh, the shot of bourbon that uh, uh, yes. that, I, that I gave you. I have also been working on Kanye's album nonstop for the last twenty four hours. Me too. So, uh, here we go. Um, all right, that's it for us. Enjoy the soccer this weekend. We will be back next week and previewing some of the Premier League. So excited for that. Talk to you next week on Bonham United.